Hey everybody, welcome to the video. Chris Pinnell here to talk some NASCAR DFS embedding with you guys here today. We're going over the O'Reilly Auto Parts 253 at the Daytona Road Course. Yes, we are back at Daytona, but we're not on the oval. We are now at the road course, so racing is going to look a bit different. That's going to change our strategy as well. But before we get too into it, make sure you guys leave a like on the video. The more you guys interact with the content, leaving likes, leaving comments, and all that good stuff, it's going to help the video get out there to other people on YouTube to view this video. Also, if you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button there's a lot of useful information on here sal comes on here every single day talk about the sports that he likes to talk about and then he brings other people like myself included to talk about sports that we kind of key in on that he does not so i don't think you're gonna hit the subscribe button also hit the notification bell while you're at it so you don't miss out whenever new content gets posted to this channel and also we can't forget about the sponsor of the show monkey night fight send them to monkey night fight down below with the link in the description and use promo code race 50 to get smacked with some free betting cash. That's promo code RACE50. Let them know you came from us to take advantage of this free betting money. Again, free money up to $50, code RACE50 on Monkey Knife Fight. Link down in the description below. And let's get into today's video. All right, so before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of this video, I want to give you guys a quick show plan so you know what to expect throughout the video. So first off, we're going to talk a little bit about strategy because if you guys don't know anything about NASCAR, each and every single track is different. So we're going to have to have a new strategy each and every single time we go to a different track. There's a different amount of laps. The drivers drive differently at certain tracks, things like that. Also, going to go over my favorite plays from each pricing range and take a look at some bets at the end of the video as well. So that's pretty much all you should expect throughout here. So let's dive right into it. All right, so just getting into some strategy for this race, we are now at the road course version of Daytona. So last week we were on the oval where these guys are driving in tight packs, a lot of wrecks happen. Now we are on the road course, which is also at Daytona. It's just kind of on the inside of Daytona. So the racing is going to look much different, but the way the strategy is, I did not plan on this sounding like it, but it's still going to look like a super speed race the way we're building our lives because a lot of these guys are going to be starting near the back of the field. Now, if you're wondering why that is, it's because the way the lineup formula works out, it's based on owner's points and where guys finish in the last race. And we only have a one race sample size to work with here. So there's a lot of good cars that wrecked out very early on last week. So that means they're going to be starting in the rear of the field, which makes them really, really strong place differential plays. And the thing about the road course here is, Dominator points aren't very important. We only have 70 total laps, and that's because this track is massive. It's about three and a half miles in length, which means 70 laps means about 49 dominator points available, which means they aren't going to be that important when it comes to DraftKings scoring, guys. They can pick up place differential spots and finishing position upside. That's going to train supreme here over dominator points. Now, that's not to mean that we're not going to target guys starting up front. Chase, he's in the pool. Probably going to see him later on in this video. There's a very good chance he could lead, like, 50 laps and win this race and if he does that and you pair up some place differential plays that's probably what the optimal lineup will look like but there's multiple ways we can go here target guys strictly in the back target some guys starting closer to the front for gpp upside because i feel like they'll be a little bit lower on because there's a lot a lot of good cars starting in the back but that's kind of the strategy heading into this race all right so starting us off with the tier one picks up top we have martin Truex jr he's the most expensive driver on the site he comes in at eleven thousand dollars a pretty hefty price tag but i do think he is worth it especially due to his starting spot in 19th place. Now, I feel like a lot of people this week are going to have the conundrum between picking either Martin Truex Jr. or Chase Elliott. These are by far the two best road course racers in recent memory. They've won eight out of the past 10 races at road courses. They have been absolutely phenomenal. But the difference here is that Truex starts 18 further spots back because Chase Elliott, he's on the pole. So he's in a great spot to lead laps early on or 
or potentially nearly the entire race and win the race, which is something he does pretty much every single time we are on a road course. But Truex, with only 70 laps, he offers us plenty of upside here starting in 19th because if he happens to get his way inside the top five and compete for a win, he could easily outscore Chase Elliott if anything happens to happen to him throughout the race. And if you're looking at the statistics between these two, they're pretty much one and two in every single statistical category at road courses recently, so I'm not going to bore you with the numbers there. But Martin Truex Jr. is a phenomenal road course racer. If you're looking for a little bit more safety over Chase Elliott, starting 18 spots further back, I think Martin Truex Jr. is your guy. I feel like these are pretty much the two best plays in the entire slate. And i got to be honest, it's very, very difficult to pick between the other. Because Chase Elliott, he's in the best spot to lead laps early on, but Truex... I would be very surprised if he does not finish either first, second, or third in this race. He's the second highest. He has the second highest odds in Vegas to win this race, right behind Chase Elliott. And I really like his starting spot. I know he's very expensive, but I think he's a phenomenal play, and he should definitely be on your radar in lineups this weekend. All right, so moving on to the guy you were just talking about, Chase Elliott here at $10,700. He is starting on the pole in first, which puts him in a really good spot to lead laps early on. The thing is, if anything happens to him in the race, he does not have that safety net that guys like Truex and a lot of other guys that we're going to talk about later on due to his starting spot. Now, I think it's very likely he wins this race. He's the heavy favorite in Vegas. He's won four road course races in a row. And just to put into perspective how good Chase Elliott here is at road courses, I would say compare him to LeBron James of the NBA, Patrick Mahomes of the NFL, Mike Trout in baseball. That's just exactly how good he is at road course races. I mean, looking at the rankings for him, just specifically at road courses the past 10 races, he ranks first in DraftKings points scored per race, first in average finish, second in average running position, second in driver rating, first in lap sled, second in fast laps, and first in my overall track rankings. And the ones that he's not first in, that's what Martin Truex Jr. is first in. So they pretty much flip-flop on being first and second. That's just how good they are compared to the rest of the field at the road courses recently. That's why I have a ton of interest in both of these guys. Now, the thing about Chase Elliott here is I know he's on the pole, so it makes him a bit riskier, but if he happens to lead like 40-some laps in this race, pick up the fast laps, win this race, there's a very, very strong chance he's making the optimal lineup. So he's not going to look as good of a play as these guys starting way further back like Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, Alex Bowman, guys we might be talking about later on in this video. But the potential for him to lead a bunch of laps, pick up fast laps, and win this race is definitely enough for me to have him on my radar because the guy just keeps getting the job done at these road courses, and I don't see why... We'd have any indication why this would stop anytime soon. If you want to use the most recent race at a road course, it actually happened this season. It was more of an expedition race. The Bush Clash is not an official NASCAR race. But Chase Elliott, he almost won this race. He was fighting with Ryan Blaney at the very end. He actually ended up spinning Ryan Blaney. Since that, since he spun Ryan Blaney, it kind of slowed him down a bit. So Kyle Bush ended up winning. But Chase Elliott was right there to steal that race and win. But still, Chase Elliott, he's going to be a major factor here and someone we should definitely have on our radars heading into Sunday afternoon. In to round off our like third and final tier one driver. It's going to be AJ Allmendinger here at $10,200. And he's starting all the way back in 34th place, making him an exceptional place differential play. Now, if you don't know who Allmendinger is, he's not a full-time cup driver anymore. But the one thing he is very, very good at is road course races. And that's why he's racing in this race. Now, equipment, it's not going to be the best. He's in the 16 car, which isn't obviously a top tier ride like someone like Truex, Elliott, Denny Hamlin's going to have. But at road courses, it, equipment doesn't matter as much as it usually does. Kind of like last week at Daytona on the oval road courses, it's kind of more so driver skill than it is equipment. Obviously, it can play a bit of a factor, but Almendinger, even with those circumstances, he actually has the third best odds in Vegas to win this race. Like, that's absolutely insane. The guy is that good at road courses, and he's starting all the way in the back. So, 
just to say how high his floor is for him to score over 60 points on DraftKings. So I know he carries a pretty hefty price tag, but all he has to do to score 60 DraftKings points is to finish in ninth place. That is it. That's not even including any fast laps or maybe even potential laps if it happens to work in his favor. For Chase Elliott to get around 60 points, he's going to have to lead a good chunk of laps. He's going to have to get some fast laps, and he's going to have to come close to winning this race. Almondinger, he has a super, super high floor. Even if he finished 15th in this race, he is still getting close to 50 DraftKings points here. So he's pretty much got to have the best projection on the slate just due to the starting spot. Now the problem we're going to have is we're going to want to play all these guys up front. They all offer us exceptional value here on DraftKings. Chase Elliott, he's the road course GOAT recently. He's got a very good chance of winning this race and a lot of laps starting up front. Truex, he offers us a bit of place differential upside. Certainly not to the degree that AJ Allmendinger has all the way in the back, but very, very strong chance Truex could compete for a win in that race. He also looked very, very strong in the clash. I know if you look at the results, he did finish dead last, but the guy drove to the front twice and had issues both times and ended up wrecking out the final time. But he had the best car in the field for the clash, and the guy looked fast. Then AJ Allmendinger, I guess he has some downside because his equipment isn't as up to par as those guys, but it's not going to matter too much here, especially at a road course. And he's starting all the way back in 34. So he's an exceptional play, especially for the floor. So all these guys offer us some really good points here on DraftKings. It's just we have to figure out which way you want to go. And I think that comes down just to how you want to build your lineups. If you want to go with Chase Elliott as your main lap leader and then fill it in with some cheaper guys that offer us place differential, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Or you could just go straight on place differential and get that high floor, high ceiling combination. Maybe these guys don't win the race, but they don't really have to to make the optimal lineup. But there is multiple ways to go in this race for sure. All right, so stepping down to more of the tier two drivers, we're going to start off with Alex Bowman. A little bit expensive at $9,000, but he's not quite up there with Almondinger, Chase Light, Martin Truex. But he starts all the way near the very back. He's starting all the way back in 36. Now, I was talking about how good of a place differential play Almondinger is. Alex Bowman, he's pretty much right up there with him at a slight discount as well. Also, the equipment's going to be a bit better. He is in Jimmy Johnson's old car. If you guys don't know who Jimmy Johnson is, he's one of the best drivers of all time. It's pretty good equipment. He's in Hendrick Motorsports, and Alex Bowman is a very good road course racer, especially at the Robles recently. And if you don't know what I mean by Robles, so we have different types of road courses. We have Sonoma, Watkins Glen, then we have the Daytona Road Course, and then the Charlotte Robles. So, I think the better comparisons for this track would be the Charlotte Roble. So instead of only having a one-race sample size of the Daytona Road Course that we had last year, I like to include the Robles as well, just so we have a bigger sample size. So that would be four complete races. And Alex Bowman, in this four races, he has an average finish of 6.5. And two top fives, three top tens, and he's finished inside the top 15 each and every single time. If he gets a top 15, which is just his average, like he's always getting inside the top 15, that's over 50 DraftKings points. If he happened to hit his average finish of 6.5, the amount of DraftKings points that is, is very close to 70 DraftKings points. Not saying he's locked to get into the top 7, but his history at road courses, I think he's a pretty strong bet to finish inside the top 15, which is just, which is plenty enough relative to his price point compared to other guys that we talked about. So Alex Bowman, he is one of the safest and best plays on this slate. All right, a familiar face here. I liked him a lot last week. Unfortunately, he got caught up into an early wreck, which, hey, it happens. It's Daytona. He was starting near the back, so he wasn't as bad of a play. Some of the guys that wrecked that early on. But still, he did sink your lineups quite a bit. But I'm going back to the well here with Eric Jones. 7,800, he's starting near the very, very back. I believe he was starting 31st last week. Now he's starting even further back in 37th. But this is too good of a spot to pass up, in my opinion. If he happens to wreck early on again, 
I mean, you just have to take the L, but it's not something I can expect. You can't project wrecks, especially at a track that's not a super speedway. Starting in 37th, Eric Jones should be a quite easily a top 20, if not a top 15 contender in this race. Now, the only issue here is that he does have a downgrade in equipment this year. He was in the 20 car for Joe Gibbs Racing, which is one of the top tier rides in the, in the series. Now, he's in the 43 car for Richard Petty Motorsports is what Bubba Wallace used to run in. But again, equipment won't be too much of an issue here at the road course, unlike a track like at an intermediate track. That's when we'll definitely see the equipment come into play. But at a road course, I think Eric Jones will be fine, especially starting all the way back in 37th. Now, its history at Rovals hasn't exactly been great. Average running position, average finish around 15th to 20th place. But even then, relative to his price point, starting in 37th, that is not that bad at all. But looking at the past 10 races at all the road courses, Eric Jones has an average finish of around 14.3, average running position of 16.2, three top fives, six top 10s, and seven top 15s. Those numbers are very strong for a guy that's starting all the way back in 37th place. Now, the equipment's been downgraded. I know his history at the Rovals hasn't exactly been amazing, but he did not look that bad in the Bush Clash about a couple of weeks ago. So, don't have too many concerns here for Eric Jones. And his numbers last year at the road courses, I know it's only a two-race sample size, but he had a top five and two top 15s, an average finish of seventh place, and an average running position of 12.1. So, Eric Jones, I think he's a very, very strong place, starting near the very, very back. And the last tier two driver we're going to talk about is Chris Bush. You're here at 7200 bucks, starting all the way back in 30th. And similar to Eric Jones, I liked him quite a bit at Daytona. Unfortunately, he was, again, one of those cars that happened to get involved early into an incident. Not necessarily his fault, but hey, things happen at Daytona. But Chris Buescher, he's a very solid road course racer. And I'm not saying he's top tier like a guy like A.J. Allmendinger, Martin Truex Jr., or Chase Elliott. But relative to his price point, especially where he's starting, he should have a very, very strong day on DraftKings. The past four roval races, which is really the only sample size we have of roval races, he's finished inside the top 20 each time. And at this race last year, he actually finished in fifth place. Now, he was not running as good as fifth place, but he happened to get a little bit lucky at the end due to some other things happening. But still, he had a fifth place finish. And overall, the guy has been very, very strong at road courses. The past 10 races at road courses overall, he has finished inside the top 20 each and every single time. The only drivers that can also say that are Kurt Busch, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, and that's the end of the list. So it's a pretty darn good group of drivers to be in. And Chris Busch, he also has four top 15s, a top 10, and a top 5 as well, with an average finish of around 15.1, which would absolutely crush his DraftKings price of only 7200 bucks. So Chris Buescher, he's not the most exciting player in the world, but relative to his price point and where he's starting, I think he's a very, very strong play here on Sunday. And the last driver we're going to talk about, he is solely on here because we're going to need some value. We can't play all these expensive drivers. So Ty Dillon at 1500 bucks. Look, it's not my most favorite choice of guy to use here, but it's just a necessary salary relief play. He's only 1500 bucks. He's starting near the very, very back in 38th. Now, he's not in the same car this year. He's not in the 96 car, which is what I used to call the lawnmower for Daniel Suarez last year. I don't know, a lot of people got a kick out of that. So I don't have high hopes here, but last year in this car, Daniel Suarez did finish in 27th place. Ty Dillon was not in the best kind of equipment either last year in the 13 car. He did finish 20th. Now, for the course of his career at road courses, we kind of seen him hover around that 20 to 25 range. Let's say he finishes like anywhere from 25th to 27th, somewhere around that range. Just to, I think that's a nice conservative choice of where, or prediction of where Ty Dillon can finish. That's not a bad day. That's still around close to 20 DraftKings points, which is not going to kill you at 5,100 bucks. There's like 12 other cheap drivers you can look at. Maybe even Daniel Suarez. I believe he's right around this price range. James Davison, some other guys as well. They're all viable, but Ty Dillon starting 38th. I mean, he's pretty much a lock to gain some spots. I can't see him hovering around this 35th to 40th place range the entire race. So he's just a nice source of value so he can fit in some higher end drivers on this slate.
All right, so getting into more of the betting portion of this video, I listed three of my favorite picks to win, then more of a long shot here with William Byron, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But up top, we have Chase Elliott. I know the odds aren't that great on him. You can only get him at plus 200, but I think that just goes to show you of how good he is at road courses. The guy is absolutely phenomenal. Looking at just the four robo races that we have in their existence so far, Chase Elliott has an average finish of 2.3, the second best being 6.5 with Alex Bowman. Running position of 6.8, a drive rating of 127.2, three wins, three top fives, four top tens, the second most laps led, and the second most fast laps. And if you want to take Kyle Larson out of the equation, because he only has two full races, Chase Elliott would be first in those categories as well. So Chase Elliott pretty much sweeps the board. He is absolutely dominant at these road course races. He's won four in a row, and I would not be surprised if he makes that five in a row on Sunday. He is just so good at the road courses. I know the odds aren't that great, but, I mean, honestly, he should be a favorite for the most part. But in NASCAR, anything can happen. A loose tire, a flat tire, an issue on pit road. He gets wrecked. He misses a turn. Some crazy strategy happens. So that's why he's still at plus odds here. But Chase Elliott, if there's no mechanical issues for Elliott, very, very strong chance he wins this race, especially starting on the pole because he doesn't have to make his way through the pack. He's going to have nice clean air to work with from the beginning. And if things go smooth for him, it could be smooth sailing the entire race for him. And then after Chase, we're going to have to get a bit lucky for these other guys to win. But Martin Truex Jr., he's at plus 400, so a little bit better odds here than Chase Elliott. But, and if Chase Elliott's not first in that category, he probably gets Martin Truex Jr.'s first in that category because those guys are pretty much one and two in each and every single thing. I went over that when I talked about those guys early on, but... They are just the by far the two best road course racers. And if we want to look at the Bush Clash, Martin Truex Jr. easily had the best car in the field. He made his way from the back to the front twice. Now, he had issues twice. He had an issue on pit road, and he made his way all the way back because he got sent to the back. We actually started the race in the back, made his way to the front, then had an issue on pit road, so he had to go to the back because he got a penalty. Then he made his way back to the front, and then he got wrecked out and ended up finishing dead last because of that. But Martin Truex Jr. had the best car in the field. The guy's phenomenal at road course races. Now, the problem is he does start mid-pack, so he's going to have to work his way up to the front. So that might take him a little bit. But by the, end of, by the end of the race, Martin Truex Jr. should be there and competing with Chase Elliott for the win. And you can get slightly better odds than Chase Elliott here for a guy that's nearly as good as Chase Elliott. I wouldn't say he's as good as Chase Elliott, but he's pretty much right there with him. Just, it's, he's just a little bit further off. So I like Martin Truex Jr. plus 400. Then Denny Hamlin, I would say he's kind of like the third guy from these road course racers. He's definitely not Chase Elliott Martin Truex Jr. I mean, his numbers are definitely off from those guys. I mean, the driver rating slightly lower. The wins aren't there. He does have five top fives in the past 10 races, an average finish of 8.7. Those are very strong numbers. He did look good in the Bush Clash. Now he kind of faded a bit at the end, but he did have a very strong car. He ended up passing Ryan Blaney very early on in that race like quite a bit of laps. So I think Denny Hamlin should definitely be a factor in this race. And like Chase Elliott, he does not start in the back of the field. He actually starts up fourth. So I would not be surprised if early on in this race, we see Chase Elliott number one, then Denny Hamlin number two. And we see that for quite a bit. And if Denny Hamlin can get that lead from Chase Elliott, have some good pit stops and things go his way, Denny Hamlin could definitely play spoiler to Chase Elliott and, you know, ruining a streak of wins at road courses. So I like Denny Hamlin at plus 1,100. I think those are some pretty strong odds for a guy that has a very decent shot of winning this race. The equipment's good. He's on Jake. He's at Joe Gibbs Racing, which they have some really good cars for these road courses. So yeah, I do like Hamlin quite a bit here. And then a guy I like as more of a long shot to win here would be William Byron at plus 2,200. Now, I don't think it's likely that he wins this race, but last year, William Byron actually owned the, the highest green flag speed rating of 
all drivers at the road courses. I know it's only a two-race sample size, but Byron definitely brought some speed. He does not have a bad history whatsoever at these Roval races. Looking at the recent four races here, or not really the recent, the only four races we have at the Rovals, William Byron's numbers aren't that bad. He's got an average running position of 11.1. No top fives, but he's finished in the top 10 three out of the four races. He has been a lap leader as well, has picked up some fast laps. He did finish eighth here last year. So if you want an outside shot to win, now, he's probably going to have to get lucky on some strategy, but if that strategy can work out, William Byron's got a decent shot of winning this race. He had speed in those races last year, and I like those odds at plus 2,200. And yeah, guys, that's going to be pretty much it for the video, so make sure you guys leave a like on the video. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you're new to the channel, leave your comments down below if you have any questions, advice, any feedback is welcome. Also, make sure to check out the sponsor, Monkey Night Fight. You can use promo code RACE50. For free money bonus up to $50. I don't see why you wouldn't. It's free money. I like free money. I'm sure you guys do as well. So check it out. Again, that is promo code RACE50. You can use some of the information that I just talked about and use it to your advantage in Monkey Knife Fight. Also, if you want to check out my own content, I have my own YouTube channel. It's just Chris Pinnell. And if you don't know how to spell that, bottom 10 corner of your screen is my Twitter handle. Just take off the 16. And that is my YouTube channel. I break down the entire NASCAR slate every Friday evening. I also go live on my own channel around 10.30 a.m. Eastern or depending on when the race starts. Then I go live on the Awesome O YouTube channel an hour before lock for the Live Before Lock NASCAR show with myself and Jason Floyd. That's always a good time, so if you want to check me out, feel free to do that as well. And I do some other stuff on Twitter, Patreon, and all that good stuff. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I'll see you guys in the next video, and I hope this was very helpful to you guys. And I want to thank Sal once again for giving me the honor to come on the channel and break it all down for you guys.